Good afternoon, everyone. This is the South Fury Watch podcast, broadcasting theoretically around the world. Half of our listeners are in Trinidad. Not half of them, but a a small percentage. Shout out to the people in Trinidad and also to the people in Tokyo. Uh, Joining me here today on our eighth episode is our good friend Val Kosk again. Nope. Nope, not Falkosk. <laughs> uh, I, I can tell who Val- you wanted, apparently. Valkosk, by, Val- by Valkosk, I mean Vazrock. Yeah, hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, how are you? I am good. Um, yeah, so I'm on, but this is not actually an episode about me. This is actually a very special episode. Um, because we are going to be interviewing one of the players from a prominent and increasingly important character in the South Fury Watch, whose name is Lance Topsail, who is you. So I'm a very important person in a prominent, what, Uh, You're like the relatively important person in like middle management, let's say. Wow, that's that's quite the compliment. The relatively important person in like the most useless yeah. class of management. It's like you're slightly above average in a mundane world. Okay, I'm like uh, Chief Pia. Yeah, pretty much. From from World yeah. Lords. So we had the idea. Um, basically, you are a member of the guild, and kind of in that, we wanted to get everyone, give everyone in the guild, or sorry, not everyone, but give people in the guild an opportunity to speak uh and it kind of came around and it's your turn so i am here not really to talk about anything in my regard uh but to be the vehicle to ask you questions uh about south Free watch about role play about kind of the game at large and hopefully uh stump you as we as we quiz the quiz master and you attempt your own feat of strength do you think that's going to be like really embarrassing for me if I can't even do the feat of strength? Like I invent my own game and then I can't. I can't I'm win hoping. It. There's there's like there's a little part of me that's like I want you to succeed because you've like made this thing, but also there's a larger part of me that just wants to like crush you into the ground and you get you get zero out of like, five. Every week you hear me yeah. torment your fellow yeah. you know officers yeah. and guild leaders or whatever and. Yeah, I'm just like chuckling in the background, like, ha ha ha, evil master topsail. Yeah, so I'm here just to ask you some questions, uh, to interview the interviewer, so to speak, uh, and to kind of get your opinion on some things. Are you ready to start topsail? You know, um, Vazrak, I I think I'm ready to hear what you got for me. All right, so the first question is a question I don't think you've actually answered, even in like casual conversation. Um, but it, it's something we've been very happy about, uh, both in the guild and I think for quite a few people on the server and for all of our Trinidadian uh, listeners, apparently. Um, but what was your motivation for making this podcast? Like, why did you decide to make a podcast about this? So I used to have a job. In real life, um, I'm unemployed now. I'm, I'm homeless. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so I, I used okay. to have a job where I was basically in my car all day. Um, I 
I won't I won't say what I did, but basically, um, I really got into listening to sports radio, and that's why I know a lot about football now. I know a lot about basketball, hockey, you know, the Red Sox because I'm from New England. <laughs> I, I fucking hate the Red Sox. I just want to put that out. There. Yeah, the, I'm a fan of the Red Sox, of the Patriots, of the Celtics, and of the Bruins. Um, as a as a native of Montreal and someone who lives in Toronto, I want you to know you're a bad person for cheering for the Red Sox. I'm also probably a bad person for cheering for the Patriots. Um, also bad, but we'll move on. Yeah. Anyways, so I listened to a lot of sports radio, um, and I don't know. It kind of became like part of my daily routine to, you know, listen to these guys bicker about sports and you know make up fake uh, controversy where there wasn't anything before, uh, you know, to make people think that you know Tom Brady was retiring or all this stuff. And I always thought it would be cool. Like, gee, wouldn't it be cool if there was like a Wormus Accord radio? So that was like, kind of like my closet idea for a while was doing like WRAR, you know, how it's, there's always like the, yeah, yeah. the radio station name, like 101.3 or something. Well, mine was, mine was WRAR where I would talk to people from the server, uh, get their opinion on things. Um, you know, talk about current events and try to try to do what sports radio does is make up controversy, you know, whether whether it's there or not, and have people have a different way to uh, consume media about World of Warcraft and more specifically Wormus Accord. But when I thought about it, like I do know a lot of people on the server and I'm sure that I could get people from the server on a radio thing like that, but I didn't have the resource to do it. I didn't have the time to do it. And you know, frankly, I, I guess I didn't have the motivation either. So, sure. Yeah, that and that was years ago. So I kind of pocketed that idea, um, and then just you know, it's always kind of been on the back burner, I guess. So when we when we were in the guild Discord one time, and I joked about interviewing you on a podcast, and you didn't immediately shoot it down, I was like, oh well, maybe I can, maybe I can do that. So that's when I actually kind of looked into how to start a podcast. And then I shortly after hit you up and we put out our first episode and we're still doing it. Yeah. Well, I, I have enjoyed this podcast. Um, I'm also a person who drives around a lot and I listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of talk radio. So for their, and I like, I listen to Warcraft podcasts actually. And I think just for an opportunity to hear people talk about things like role play or the, guild or the server or just random things about the game which isn't just like the top headlines or whatever the like whatever's posted on mmo champion but for like smaller stuff personal stuff I, i've really appreciated you kind of bringing that out of people to kind of what are the what are these other people these random people or not maybe not random but like normal people actually think about the game and kind of what are their experiences what are the things they like and dislike Sure. And, you know, I think part of that is like, I'm a little, I'm a forum uh, junkie. You know, I, I don't post as much as I did on the Warmest Accord forums, but I still, that's like one of the things that I look at almost every day um, is just to see what the, what the latest opinion thread is, you know, what people are talking about, what's going on with different guilds, what kind of server events are going on. You know, it's, it's good to know that that stuff still exists because I feel like we can oftentimes get into, um, for lack of a better term, the echo chamber of thinking that WoW is a dying game, that roleplay is dead, that good roleplay is you know gone forever. Um, a, lo a lot of people, I think, feel that way, 
and I don't know. I felt like there should have there should be a way to examine what is still going on and where the community is still vibrant despite all the things that are moving against sure. it, you know? Um, I have, I, I kind of have a follow-up question that maybe takes on with that. You mentioned that you wanted like, you know, w, WRAR. That's the, the server. So it's kind of like, I know this is called the South Fury Watch Podcast? South Fury Pod? I don't... Mm-hmm. South Fury Watch sure. Podcast. Whatever. Um, whatever. <laughs> um, so it's one of those things like, I know you've started kind of like locally. Do you have any like ambition to kind of move it past like i know there was an episode but bullis and bullis is kind of like a well-known guy on the server runs a really popular guild really good role player kind of do you want to move it past just the south theory watch guild into kind of across the server do you have any sort of plans for that I do, and I actually have already talked to a couple different people from different guilds about being on. I'm not going to change the name because that would be silly. Um, you know, it's still going to be the South Ferry Watch podcast, and it's still going to be me. Um, but I want, you know, I first of all, there's only so many questions that I can come up with, like asking you, "Oh, what's what's the guild story right now?" Like I can't, I can't ask that to <laughs> literally every member week yeah. after week and be like, "So." It's like how many how many Quillbor did we kill this week? What are the updates? <laughs> you know, um, and also yeah. like I can only come up with so many uh, orc questions for the feat of strength. <laughs> so yeah, uh, the past couple times have been a little challenging, and I know that you know that I've had to ask you for help sometimes, just because when you're down to the wire trying to think of how to stump somebody, it's, it's not always the easiest thing. Yeah. Um, I know that, like, I'm I'm a teacher in real life, so I have to make up multiple choice questions. And there's always the difficulty of there's like a very thin window of like questions that are hard enough that it's a challenge, but not stupidly difficult or impossible. So I, th- I think your questions have right. actually kind of threaded that needle quite a fair bit. Well, I. With, with the most recent episodes, maybe not with yours, maybe not with uh, Cass's, but with the most recent episodes, I've tried to start off with kind of a softball one. Mine was, mine was a softball. Mine was name like five orcish clans and then like what, who is Manoroth? I think it was just I forgot uh, Alterac Valley had anyone other than Mulfric. So I, I remember getting that oh. question wrong and just thinking I was an idiot. Well, it's a good thing that I asked you then because now in the actual uh, Battle for Azeroth, World of Warcraft, the actual game. I'm not going to say sure. retail. Uh, <laughs> or, or, or I'll, I'll just leave <laughs> uh, the podcast. Yeah. Um, they are doing the classic AV version yeah. of the game. I got into, a, got into a game the other day, and oh my god, the people in there, dude. Doing old Alteric Valley, like the number of people bitching, just like how yeah. long the battleground was taking, I was like, Jesus Christ, like shut up. Um, like I have some questions later about classic, but I remember I had a dwarf hunter, I got up to level 52, and I remember going into an Alteric Valley and it like just like nine hours of my life just like blowing out. Like I, I liked it, but I can see in kind of modern WoW where things are more condensed and things are quicker, I could see people complaining about it. Well, 
because every week we have quotas to meet you know we have to get our conquest cap we have to you know do raid finder if that's your thing or down every boss in normal heroic or mythic probably not a lot of people doing mythic right now but um you know we have things that we need to do otherwise it feels like a wasted opportunity so yeah and you know the the epic bgs those give a fair amount of conquest on the first win so i understand you know nobody nobody cares about the honor anymore because that's just for the goal that you will never complete your honor level you know most people will probably never come even close and even with the amount of pvp that i've done i'm still only like honor level 46 or something so there's a lot that you have to do there so you're you know never going to complete that um but yeah classic you know i think is just different because you know you can you can earn the end game rewards by doing you know one of those three battlegrounds because pvp is part of the end game it's it's treated fairly unlike in its current iteration um so maybe i'll just jump to my next question then which is you've been playing classic wow correct yeah, if you want, we can talk about that. I have been, sure. I have been uh, playing classic. Did you did you play vanilla back in the day? So I did. Um, I was also very young when I started playing WoW. Sure. Um, I had a friend growing up who I shared his account for a short period of time. Um, I think I was over his house uh, this one weekend that turned into a really long weekend because of a snowstorm and we would just kind of take turns playing wow and other video games and hanging out. Um, so I made a hunter on his account. Uh, he was a dwarf hunter named Gilk, um, on the crush Ridge server server. I think I was on Kel'Thuzad. Kel'Thuzad. I, I started out on crush Ridge because that's where my friend played. But then when I got my own account, um, I made a human paladin on Dalvanger which I think is one of those dead realms now. Um, So yeah, I started playing in vanilla, but again, I was very young. So I I didn't hit level cap. I got to maybe the mid fifties. Yeah. I think I I had a similar experience because I I was pretty young as well. Yeah. So I got to the and Also, it was like really tough because you had to spend a lot of time in that game to make progress and, just as a kid, you don't always have that time. So, or at least I didn't. Um, so yeah, I played in Classic, but I'd be lying if I said that I remembered much of it. Um, or I played in Vanilla, rather. Uh, going through a lot of the stuff now is especially different for me because I was an Alliance player back then. Yeah, I, I'm um, kind of having the same thing where I think I did play some Horde, yeah. but I played Majority Alliance. So that I guess I've got to ask, like, how do you feel playing Classic WoW? 15 years or so after that initial experience of playing vanilla it's been enjoyable so far um i'm level 12 i just i literally just hit level 12 like half an hour before we started recording this (laughs) um i got up to level 11 yesterday and i just got to the crossroads and i kind of like felt something i was like yes this is an accomplishment Yeah, like I haven't made it there yet. I did all of the quests, I think, in Duratar. Did you do Um, the like? It's in the the Warlock Cave, and you have to get like the lieutenant's insignia. So I discovered something that I didn't know before. There's a mob in there that drops a special item um, that starts a quest, and so I was like, "Oh, this is kind of cool." I killed a named NPC who like spawned on top of me. I barely killed him. (laughs) Nice. Um, 
and yeah, the spawn rate in that cave is insanity. Yeah. Um, I died multiple times. My pet was mad at me. <laughs> I had to feed it food. It was like, no, my scorpion. <laughs> I named my scorpion Matilda. Nice. Um, so Matilda, no. <laughs> it, I was in there and I was in a group of five and I, I think I honestly was killing things for an hour and a half. I went from level nine to 11. Wow. And the stupid Lieutenant's insignia just did not drop at all. I, okay, I, just, so, I, just, yeah. I just quit. I just left. I thought, like, I'm not wasting any more time with this. I spent, yeah, I, I think I killed a lot of people in there before I got my insignia. And actually, it's funny. I, I said in, in our guild chat or our guild, whatever channel, I was like, you know, does the insignia like take a while to drop? And um, I think Magora said to me, well, it depends on if you've been a good or a bad boy. So. <laughs> I was like, well, I guess I've been bad. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah. you know, maybe two minutes later it dropped. So I was like, oh, I'm on the road to redemption. So you're enjoying classic so, then? I think for now I am. Um, I I don't know how far I'm going to make it into it. I want to believe that I will, you know, make it to level 60 and be able to uh, engage in that content because I never was able to the first time around. And... You know, since we have the resources that we do now, I think it will be easier to get through everything. Like if you're stuck on a quest, you can just go on to Wowhead. Um, and knowing more, well, we had we team. had Thoughtbot back in the day. Let's not and Alakazam. Let us not forget uh, about those two glorious websites. Okay, I'm not forgetting about those two. <laughs> but yeah, I know what you mean. Like back in the day, we were on Windows 98. Not really, but you know, Windows whatever. Now I have two monitors. I have a really good processor and stuff, so I can, you know, be better at computers. Yeah. Um, and I have a better grasp of how the economy works too. So I'm not so worried about having enough money for abilities and stuff. Um, though every time I level up and have new abilities to buy, it definitely robs me of everything. Yeah. So, so that's that's been a little stressful. Um, <laughs> but I'm. Yeah. I'm not too worried about that down the road, I guess. So you're, you're playing through Classic. I know that our guild, the South Theory Watch, has kind of a... Not really that much of an in-character guild. Um, but we do, like, there are some people who do have intentions of role-playing in Classic. I was wondering... I don't actually know what you said back when the conversation came up. Do you see yourself RPing much in Classic? Or is it just to play the game, try to do some things that you weren't able to do back in the day... Um, or do you actually see yourself RPing? I don't see myself RPing. My character's name is Topsail, purely so that people can recognize me if they want sure. to. Um, it's an orc hunter. You know, I don't have a backstory for him. I don't even have a, a roleplay add-on installed yet, though I plan on getting it eventually. I'm just playing with it without add-ons right now. Um, no, I. If there's a if there's a role play event that is casual, or if there's like a PvP raid or something, I'll go to that. But I don't plan on getting involved with any storyline. You know, we already have the one in the regular yeah. game, and as much as I like to role play, I only have um, so much role play energy in me <laughs> these days. Uh, you know, if I am role playing for more than two or three hours, I'm probably getting sure. sick so i should definitely plan more five hour long events we used to do those uh back in the day when i um when i was leading a guild we used to do really long events and i think that's kind of what did me in on it was uh near the end falling asleep in my chair while the event was still going on 
that kind of puts a damper on things. It kind of leads me to ask, you've obviously been playing the game for a long time. You've probably gone through the evolutions that I think a lot of long-term players have. Kind of getting it back to you know, RP on the server, other servers, all the sorts of things. Kind of what has been your experience of kind of coming to role play in World of Warcraft? Like how, kind of how did you start or when did you start and kind of how did you get there? Yeah, so um, had my paladin on Dalvanger up until Wrath of the Lich King. Um, when Wormus Accord opened, I didn't know what role play was, but I had you know, I, I was always into like Dungeons and Dragons, um, you know, Magic the Gathering and other, uh, I mean, Magic the Gathering isn't really a role playing game, but it's kind of like that fantasy atmosphere with all the lore and the cards and everything. Sure. Um, but definitely with, definitely with Dungeons and Dragons, you know, really involved with that, um, just in real life. And so when I learned that there was kind of something similar to that in World of Warcraft, I was definitely intrigued. So I was one of those people who, uh, made a level 58 death knight on Lomas Accord. Uh, he was yeah. a human. Um, and I remember walking around Stormwind. Again, I was Alliance. Um, and going by the Pig and Whistle Tavern in Old Town. And just seeing a bunch of people role playing there. You know, all pretending to be whoever. Um, and just kind of diving into it from there. You know, I was one of those people who was like definitely awful when I first started. Uh, but had fun, you know, and I'm sure that there was plenty of people who was just like, who, you know, just weren't willing to <laughs> role play with me. Yeah. But I was, yeah, who is this guy? Yeah, but I, I was in this guild that I think maybe catered towards newer people. It was this guild called the Lionheart Company, um, which I think there might be an iteration of it around today, uh, but I don't know if it's the same one. Um, and basically, the Lionheart Company was kind of like this, like, underhanded kind of nefarious group that like outwardly seemed um, like uh, beneficial or like I'm trying to think of the word, like, like they were philan uh, philanthropists. Sure. Uh, kind of uh, Robin hood types. Uh, sort of not really. Um, but you know, kind of like good on the exterior, bad on the interior. And okay. that was a lot of fun because there were other people who I role played with. I remember my interview to get in, um, wasn't really an interview so much. It was just like, this guy asked me if I was ready to work for the Lionheart company and put nothing else ahead of me. And I was like, yes. And then he says to me, Oh, Seely, I need you to type in a complete sentence to let you into the guild. <laughs> so, That's great. <laughs> that, so, that is, that is some top tier um, in character interviewing. Please so, type in a complete sentence. <laughs> well, yeah, he says that to me out of character. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, of course. So then I type yes, period. <laughs> So, so I got into the guild. Um, That's good. Yeah. So, and that was a lot of fun because, you know, there was, there was like the, uh, that was like at the beginning of the server, you know, there was obviously a lot of guard guilds or there was like one big guard guild where, you know, they actually took patrolling this, the streets seriously. So we were always at odds with them. And I don't know, it was, it was just fun to, you know, do shenanigans and get into uh, RP battles and, you know, hang out with different people. And I don't know. So I, I really fell in love with it doing that. Um, so eventually I, I transferred my paladin onto Wormist Accord. And he was kind of my main <clears throat> my main character up until Cataclysm. Um, and then 
yeah, I think one day I had a hunter and um, I race changed him to a goblin just kind of on a whim. Sure. Was that, um, was that top sale? That is, yeah, that is top sale. Okay. Um, so he, he was a human hunter, which is why I haven't completed the starter zone on him. And I don't, <laughs> um, and I don't have like any of the items that drop there. Like in my transmog, I can't transmog to any of those things. Or I used to not be able to, I should say, I think that you, it's account wide now. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I made my character. Um, I just I knew I wanted him to kind of be like a piratey sailor type. So I looked up um, just like a ship, you know, like an old ship blueprint, and saw a top sail, and I was like, okay, that sounds good. You know, like I'm probably not going to play this character very much, but that sounds good enough. So I just top sail, Lance top sail. Okay. Um, and ten years later, <laughs> and yeah, and literally ten years later. Uh, um, yeah, th that first day role playing on the horde, I got approached by someone I'm still friends with. Uh, they got me into their guild, and that very day was a server event where the horde was raiding uh, North Watch Keep as part of um, the WoW novel. Like we were reenacting the most recent Christie Golden novel, oh, okay. where, yeah. where yeah, where Garrosh destroys North Watch with the the giants or whatever. Um, so that happened, and I'm just hooked at that point because, the, like, literally the next week we had a huge PvP event outside Theramore, um, and it you know just sealed the deal from there. I, I was an officer in some guild on the Alliance side; they never saw me again, um, which I feel bad about. But <laughs> it's fine, not really. No, don't feel bad for humans; they deserve it. <laughs> um, so, I guess, kind of like, talk to me about top sale. Like, why? Was it just like it was Cataclysm and goblins were new? Like, why a goblin? Um, I should say, not my entire time during Cataclysm, I was on a roleplay server. Um, I kind of took a break in the early part of Cataclysm to go PvP on a different uh, server, Magtheridon. Sure. Um, I have a hunter over there still whose name is Butt Bucket. Um, nice. that, yeah, that's, that's my PV, my PVP name. Um, and yeah, like I'd always been into the PVP, you know, with like Alteric Valley and all yeah, that yeah. stuff. And so I had a orc hunter over there. Um, and we did like RBGs and stuff and all that, but I don't know. I couldn't see myself role-playing an orc. I couldn't, I still can't see myself role-playing a Tarn or a troll or a blood elf um and i think uh, undead couldn't be hunters at that point i don't think they could at least no i think that was later yeah um so i said all right well if we're just going to give this a shot i want to play a character who can be outgoing um you know like orcs orcs i think stereotypically maybe or the way that i view it is like orcs are kind of like standoffish and you know grunty yeah. and like oh i'm better yeah. than you whereas like you know trolls are like maybe a little too exotic for my taste yeah. i guess it's hard to type um, in a caribbean accent the entire time <laughs> yeah right i i'm not really a huge fan of accents but with the goblins i don't know i can humanize them enough where i can relate to how a character yeah. would be um which which so, i think is the sign of a good role player which is that you're not you're not 
trying to just play a role, but you're trying to bring a certain amount of humanity and personality and kind of heart to a character. Well, right. And I'm, you know, there are obviously people in the guild who do an excellent job of playing a troll, of playing yeah, a Tauren. Sure. And I, I'm uh, sorry, I'm not, I'm not trying to dismiss them at any means. I, like, those characters are every bit no, no, as no. well-rounded in every way. Exactly. No, and, you know, it's it's a testament, I guess, yeah. to, the, to their ability that they can do that, but I, I just can't. Um, we're we're so weak to I, the trolls compared to the trolls. That's what we're saying. Yeah, it, I guess so. Um, so, you know, Topsail, he is... Um, I don't know. I kind of made up his, his history on the fly once I decided I was going to uh, play him, but basically he is... Um, he's an ex-pirate uh, turned um, kind of like merchant marine guard for the cartel. Uh, wasn't doing that very long before they joined up with the Horde. Um, and then once that happened, being uh, affiliated with, you know, I'm assuming the Bilgewater Battalion, he gets dragged into the Twilight Highlands um, and kind of is solidified into the Horde for the rest of eternity, I guess. Um so, yeah, he grew up in Tenaris is my headcanon. Um, I think that I piss off Cass every time I say that he was born in Gadgetzan <laughs> because we don't really know when Gadgetzan was I've made. always liked um, Gadgetzan. And I've always said Tenaris is one of my favorite zones. And I, I, I wish that Gadgetzan was more prominent and present in roleplay as kind of a main hub. It... From what I understand, they had a, a Hearthstone expansion pack about Gadgetzan, and I didn't play enough of it to get it, but it sounded like they were fleshing it out more through the cards than they than they would be. Um, yeah, we're we're, we're still stuck in Cataclysm like the... in Tamaris. Yeah, right. So, so um, but yeah, grew up in grew up in Tenaris. Uh, both of his parents were pirates who died before he really had a chance to know them. Um, got taken under the wing of some captain who had him be a hand on a ship, uh, spends anywhere from six to ten years as a pirate uh, before um, he you know, runs into tough times and switches sides um, kind of against his will, I guess. But we don't, you know, whatever. Um, and then so he joins the cartel, is out on a ship when Kazan gets destroyed, Ends up in Orgamar. Next thing he knows, he's out in the Twilight Highlands. Come, uh, comes home from that at the end of Cataclysm. This is where I kind of picked him up, actually sure. in character, um, and looking for work. I get pulled into this guild called the Gray Legion um, by this dude named Phasm, and the rest of it is history. I was in that guild for two or three okay. years, I think, um, and came to you know lead it one day. And he's kind of just been around hopping a little bit from guild to guild there from there, uh, you know, then and again. Um, but he's kind of a, you know, low cunning type person. Um, certainly, certainly not the embodiment, uh, embodiment of honor. Um, doesn't really have a strong, uh, moral code. He does have a code, but he doesn't really have a strong rigid one. Um, you know, he's certainly not Ned Stark. Um, and he, I think what I try to do the most with Lance is, uh, 
you know, make an example of how a goblin might be growing up outside of traditional okay. goblin culture. Um, I, you know, not that I'm like making a point with my character because I'm definitely not doing that, but I definitely do try to have that be part of it in that uh, I really do not like this. I, I, I don't like the idea that goblins are naturally greedy. Um, I think that part of their socioeconomic upbringing has caused them to um, be the way they are because the culture in Kazan is so cutthroat um, and money-driven. It's like capitalism to the extreme that you have no worth. It's kind of like a sales job. You know, you don't you don't really have much worth unless unless you are bringing money in. And so I think that if you take goblins and put them outside of that environment, they could be the same as gnomes, as orcs, you know, as humans. And so I think that's something that I try to do with Lance. You know, he's not greedy per se, um, any more so than yeah. you know the average. I, I, I've might always be. liked Top uh, Sale as a character, and I've kind of he does. I've, I've I kind of agree with you. You do play a little bit against the type, but like he's still definitely a goblin. Well, sure, and you know he did grow up in Gadgetzan, but there's. Like, he was very young in that time. And also, it's not like he hasn't been around goblins yeah. uh, since joining the Horde or since joining the cartel or even in being a pirate. There are goblins there, too. So there, there's – it's not to say that he was, you know, raised by wolves. You know, he's not a, he's not a social outcast. But I think that that deeply ingrained portion that a lot of goblins may, you know, suffer from or have the benefit of – of being, you know, so driven by a desperate social climate, um, you know, that, that wasn't such a huge form of his upbringing. So he has a value for money and he sees the necessity for it, but he's not going out of his way all the time to screw people out of it. Um, and so I think that's kind of an important distinction between him and others that you may find in cartel guilds yeah, sure. or whatnot. Um, so I guess that kind of leads me to the next question, which is, Goblin RP. I know that Gob Goblin RP actually has one of the better communities, maybe, at least on Wormrest Accord. Like, I know that in terms of, like, race-specific RP and whatever that would be, you know, it's not always that cohesive, it's not always that friendly. Uh, I know as someone who primarily RPs as orcs, that orc RP is sometimes a bit you know, hostile or let's say less than welcoming. So kind of like what has been your impression of the Goblin RP community on Wormrest Accord? Um, the Goblin RP community on Wormrest Accord is pretty good. Um, I'm not super involved with it. You know, I'm not cast level. Yes. So involved with that. <laughs> None of us are cast level. Um, let's say that, you know, Cass obviously does an excellent thing with their Discord server. Um, and there's a lot of goblins on Wormus Accord that I really do like. Uh, but I'd be lying to you if I said that I knew, if I knew the big names. Um, there's a number of guilds. Or, <laughs> there are constants in the RP community, um, like the Alchemical Wonderporium, or just the Wonderporium now has been around for a while. You don't see too much of the black market uh, cartel anymore, but I was very good friends with Salisbury, uh, who used to run that. Um, 
a lot of people on the forums get me confused with other goblins like Coppershot, who is a person that I've only interacted with maybe a handful of times at maximum. Sure. Um, you know, we're both goblin hunters, but Coppershot is definitely much more goblin than Lance's. Um, so, all in all, like the, the goblin RP community is good. Um, there there are a lot of goblins who you see come and go on this i'm sure it's the same way with orcs or blood elves or literally any other race um a lot of people will roll a goblin my theory here at least will roll a goblin as a joke character they'll say that they've watched goodfellas or the sopranos once or twice and say <laughs> yeah. um well that's kind of how i reference them is i reference you know kind of like stereotypical one-dimensional goblin characters as goodfellow goblins because yeah. They are New Jersey, basically the state of New Jersey, apparently. Yeah, or you know they are um, they're mobsters or wannabe mobsters who you know talk about uh, whacking people and um, you know getting girls and doing drugs and all that stuff. It's it's so it's so stereotypical. I've seen it so many times. I'm sure it happens with every other race, but you know it seems like whenever I see in Orgamar a goblin character, there's always going to be someone doing that and i think that those are the characters that people make and then probably delete a week later just because they've gotten it out of their system so i think the people who have been goblins for a long time um have well-rounded characters and are really good people to be around yeah i know that kind of in my experiences of orc rp and people who role play as orcs that kind of there's been like waves so like, during Warlords of Draenor, a lot of people were role-playing as orcs, and then stopped. Yep. And then, like, Maghar orcs just came out, and everyone rolled one of those, and then stopped. So I, I, I think I, I think those sort of, those waves of, like, something becomes popular, but then people aren't, they don't actually have any sort of investment in it, or they don't really care. I, I, I think that's a lot... Like, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to say like goblins aren't any less, but I think that's that, that that's a pretty typical thing. That kind of something becomes popular, everyone rolls one. They're kind of jokes. They play into those stereotypes. You know, goblins are all mobsters. Orcs are all zug zug. You know, sourfang honor types. Probably trolls and tauren have their equal things. But yeah, I, I I think I've definitely seen that at least in my own experiences. Yeah, and. I don't know. Yeah, you see that a lot with like pop culture too. Like every, we don't have to worry about it anymore until the next medieval show comes out. But every time Game of Thrones would be on, you know, the the house guilds would be off the chart. Um, yeah, for sure. And yeah, so you don't see that too much with goblins. I think that's really kind of just like you know, you're up at two a.m. and you're just like, God, oh, jeez, I should make a new character. Let's try a goblin, you know, and see how it goes. And it it's one of those things that I don't think really sticks because goblins don't have a lot about them naturally that is good you know think about orcs like orcs are very strong they've got the bloodlust they have a rich history you know tauren are um you know appeal to a lot of people because they're attunement with nature you know they are also very big and strong and you know not to be fucked with you know trolls i think appeal to a lot of people because they can be sassy or they you know their connection to the low appeals to them you know blood elves are hot so a lot of people like that. Then you have goblins, and it's just like, okay, you know, goblins, like, 
what, what do you like about them? Their ears? No, not really. You know, they're they're short, they're green. They're, there's not a lot about them that you could really like. So I think that's why they're one of the most, um, or one of, I should say, the least played races in WoW, just because yeah. there's nothing uh, naturally great about them. And I think that's what appeals to me, is just that having the ability to have a character that shines on his own without any uh, natural thing any natural merit you know yeah i know that i've only ever rolled one goblin and it's my bank alt yeah that makes level level 12 i got him through the starter zone and then have parked him at the auction house for several years um so i I actually do have a a bit of an activity for you okay something you made me do and i'm curious about it because no one else you haven't actually brought this up but i'm gonna i'm gonna list off a bunch of races and I would like you to tell me the class you associate most with that race. The rapid fire round. Yeah. So I'm actually going to start alliance sites. So I'm just going to start naming races. Just the first class you think in your head. Ready? Sure. Yeah. Draenei. Oh, God. I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting <laughs> to say human. I'm uh, going Dra- alphabetical. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Draenei Paladin. Sure. Dwarf. Hunter. Gnome. Warlock. Warlock. I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Night Elf. Um, warrior. Warrior? Well, the... Not like um, Druid or Priest or Hunter? Well, no, because the Sentinels are all... Yeah, okay. Female, like, fucking ruin your day warriors. Yeah, they're badass. Um, humans. Paladin. Uh, Worgen. Oregon. Uh, I don't know. What's the shittiest class? Monk. I don't know. Can they <laughs> can be? Can they even I be monks? <laughs> I don't think so. Um, I, I I always have a case where I'm never sure what classes Worgen can play. Uh, Pandaren. Monk. Yeah. Uh, blood Elves. Uh, blood Elves. Rogues. Goblins. Um, hunters. Typical. Uh, yeah. Torin. Druid. Orc. Warrior. Troll. Uh, Shadow Priest. Forsaken. Okay. Um, Forsaken, that's kind of tough because, like, obviously Priest is an option, but then Rogue is also up there. So I'm going to say Priest. Uh, and Zandalari Troll. Uh, Druid. Okay. I don't really care about most of the allied races, so I'm just going to ignore those. Yeah, we don't have to go over those. Um, now, sorry, continue. Drain and I are hard because at the beginning of, or in Burning Crusade, um, most of what you see about Draenic culture is paladin related. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Aldor, um, you know, the Anchorites and Chatrath. But then you get into Draenor and Warlords of Draenor, and you meet the Rangari, you know, like the Ranger people, yeah. who you know, are like stealth around all over the place. And then you've got the Engineers, not that that's a class, but you've got the Shamans and all that good stuff. So, you know, I think Draenor are, are cool because of the classes that they can be, like there's de- like definitive purposes for what their role is. Um, and yeah, I guess that can be said about any other class, but like, I think that they have a really like strong culture. I will say my main character, Zeka, 
started off as a Draenei shaman. Yeah. Um, so you had mentioned you were the GM of another guild, and you mm-hmm. just mentioned the Grey Legion, and I think you kind of said you led that. Is that the guild that you were the GM of? Yeah, so um, the Grey Legion back mostly in Mists of Pandaria. Uh, at the beginning, it was led by uh, one of my good friends. His name is Phasm. Um, and you know he's the guy who recruited me, and he was very much a lead-from-behind-the-scenes type guy. Um, you know, he would attend role-play events. He, he was a Forsaken Rogue. He would attend role-play events in stealth the entire time. Um, okay. just whisper, whispering in people's ear, he, uh, ears, he was very much a, a rule through his officers kind of person. And I think that was kind of as a, as a person out of character, he was very much about, um, getting people involved, like through personal interaction, like the way that he got me in the guild was, uh, whispering in Lance's ear, Hey, I see that you're looking for work or something like that. Um, you know, obviously a little more in character because he was forsaken and definitely did an excellent job of being creepy. Um, but you know, I think when the Legion kind of became a more structured guild, he had a couple officers and I was one of them and he was like that with all of us, just, you know, whispering his commands into whoever's ear. And that's, that's kind of how we did events. You know, the, you know, the grand commander who you've, you know, most of the members never meet, um, says we have to do this. So eventually, um, Phasm decides that he wants to start a new guild or he has something else going on because he was one of those people. He would like start an idea. Um, he used to be, some people might've known him as the death, the death Knight rest. Uh, he started the, the Royal Apothecary Society, um, which is one of the longest standing, uh, forsaken roleplay guilds on the server. Um, so I think once he got bored with the Legion, he went off to start something else too, and he made me the GM. Okay. Um, so yeah, I was pretty much the GM through Cataclysm, and then by the end, uh, I kind of had to leave that role just because of what uh, real life demanded of me. Um, so I was the, the Guildmaster for maybe two years, yeah. Okay. Um, just because you, you've never mentioned it in like casual conversation. So I, I was, I was always kind of curious about it. And I guess this is my opportunity to ask you kind of like, what were your yeah. experiences being a GM and running a guild? Cause I know it is not always roses, let's say. Well, you know, and I don't want to appear immodest, um, but you were the best. <laughs> well, no. And, uh just in in mentioning leading a guild i i don't want to be like one of those guys who's just like oh yeah i've done that you know been there done that um uh so leading the legion was probably one of the most rewarding experiences i've had in wow roleplay but also one of the most difficult um leading a guild that is very large you have social circus uh, so, uh social circumstances that are very difficult to avoid uh, the formation of cliques, uh, people being upset at other people in the guild. Um, I would get a lot of whispers about characters um, from people who weren't in the guild. Like, oh, this this person's concept, while it was perfectly fine, in my opinion, was upsetting them. I, that was a whisper that I got a lot. Just, you know, somebody is role-playing a way that I do not like 
you know, do you have to deal with it? And then when I say that, no, I'm not going to do anything about it, then they say, well, you're a, you're a terrible person and you don't care about X, Y, and Z. You don't care about the health of the role playing. Like that, like yeah, things it, like that. It becomes, that, that it really becomes got, toxic yeah. really quickly. Yeah. And so it's just like, okay, well, you know, person, you probably care about this a little too much. So I'm going to stop talking to you. Um, so yeah, that was difficult. Then also um, elevating the wrong person into officership can be difficult because uh, this happened twice in the Legion. Um, I had an officer break off with his clique and try to start his own guild. Um, so maybe that's a personal fault of my own, promoting the wrong people. Um, they would try to start their own guild, which would invariably fail, and then the members would come back. Um, that was really difficult because, you know, it's just not something that you want to have happen. You put a lot of work into making an environment that people are going to enjoy, and then they just kind of, you know, they take that and then they say, I can do sure. better, and then they don't. So that that's one thing that was difficult. Um, but aside from that, I mean, it was really good because having the, a large amount of people, we had a lot of structure in the guild. We had like a squad system where, you know, officers would lead a squad of, you know, five or six people. So that way, you know, it you would kind of form a clique that way, but it was a different way to get everybody involved because, you know, when you have 30 people at a roleplay event, it's difficult to have yeah, an RP sure. fight that way, you know. Um, so we had the squad system to kind of break that up. Uh, but, you know, being involved with like World PvP, that was really cool because we could essentially field an army. That was always, that was a good feeling. Um, and then being able to interact with so many different people in the guild, that was really cool too because you just meet a lot of cool people and there's always somebody new that you can role play with. Um, you know, I met my, my real life girlfriend through the Legion. Um, I've met some real life friends through the Legion. Um, and even though the guild kind of dispersed at the end of Missa Pandaria, there are friendships that I, you know, people who I still keep in contact to or keep in contact with to this day. Uh, it was just a really rewarding experience to, you know, be able to share that point in my life with them. And so that was very nice. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you said that it unfortunately had to end just because apparently it dispersed at the end of Miss Pandaria in real life commitments kind of get in the way and then probably during warlords of draenor you i know that like literally every single person i've ever talked to took a break during warlords of draenor um which eventually you know through circumstances unknown lost to time uh brought you the south free watch which is the name of this podcast so i would be remiss if i didn't bring up and ask you why did you join the guild kind of like what would top sales in character motivations be versus what were your out of character reasons for joining um well this is actually one of those cases where my in character and out of character reasons for joining are actually the same oh so you are a goblin then that's what you're saying no um (laughs) (laughs) you have to listen to me explain it (laughs) Uh, no so yeah after the leaving after leaving the legion um yeah, you know, I went through a number of guilds. I, I joined a guild called the Blackheart Company, which was a Forsaken guild. Shout out to Colpain. Um Victory for Sylvanas. Sylvanas. <laughs> um 
Pra- so pra- praise the Banshee Queen. Yep, uh, I joined the the Blackheart Company, which was a lot of fun. You know, I I, I miss those guys a lot. Um, and then after my time with them, um, I was hanging around with the the Black Market Cartel. I tried to start a guild again. I joined a few different guilds. None of them really stuck. Um, so I wasn't really playing WoW that much at the time, but um, my real life girlfriend Bopalan. She was looking for uh, a roleplay guild, and Cass invited them to the South Ferry Watch. Oh, okay. So I told Cass, "Well, you're getting Bopalan. We're kind of a package deal, <laughs> so I'm I'm joining too." Okay. And so I kind of forced myself ag- <laughs> upon you guys, whether you wanted it or not, I guess. Um, and then you know, as we know, Bops eventually left because she plays uh, she plays a different character more often these days okay. but i am still here i do remember meeting bops and tops at the same time i think i, yeah. I, I vazrock was still alive at the time and i remembered you guys were like hanging around with Cass in the crossroads and sure. me just thinking like is this a I, I think it was i was slightly thrown off by just like the bops and tops thing i'm like is this like a, a joke <laughs> is this like yeah is this like a, a comedy troupe or like a theater troupe thing you think I'm a? You think I'm funny like a clown? You know? No, I, <laughs> um, I don't think you're funny at all. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, no, no. Um, no, yeah, we did not plan that, but it kind of just kind of turned that way. Bob's tops. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of funny, but yeah, yeah. No, we. I don't really. I <laughs> I don't remember joining. Um, aside from telling cast that it was going to happen basically sure. or I, I didn't i didn't tell them that it was going to happen i'm pretty sure they they consented to it but i pretty much said you know we're a package deal um and then i was in the guild for a couple months maybe we did some role play events down in Dustwall marsh and then i definitely took a really long break and came back with battle for azeroth a little sure. bit or actually i kind of took a break a little bit after uh, battle for azeroth started I feel like a lot of people um, came back in like March and April because there yeah, was a point yeah, there in January where it was kind of just like three or dead. four people were in the guild and it was yeah. pretty bleak. Yeah. So I, th- I think I just needed some time to recharge and now I'm back and at it again up to my regular shenanigans. All right. So that is all I have in terms of things to talk about however that does bring us to the point in the podcast where we quiz the quiz master and we put you through the crucible that is the feat of strength are you prepared for this top cell um yeah it was it was nice to not have to come up with my own questions so i am i am 100 percent prepared okay so earlier today you actually asked me what the topic was going to be and I didn't tell you. And I think you were slightly like snarky with me. I... Well, I was I was a little upset because I've told people in the past what the topic's gonna be, or I've made it obvious, like with Kuzesa, it was trolls, with Sid it was Druid and Tauren lore, with you it was sure. orcs. So I only felt it would be naturally fair if my questions were goblin related. And you just yeah, said, I never I'm not gonna I tell never you. said this was gonna be fair. So I had three ideas for the questions I would I would ask you. My first idea was goblin questions, but I feel like mm-hmm. I blew all of my goblin questions when you asked me for casts, so that was out of the question. 
The second thing I was going to ask you was actually questions about this podcast. Um, but I feel like it would be like really weird questions like, how many minutes were the Valkosk episode? How many times did Sid mention this? Um, so I didn't think about that. So what I settled on and what your questions will be on is kind of the lore surrounding the namesake of the podcast, which is the South Fury Watch. So your feat of strength will be kind of testing your ability to carry the banner and the mantle of the South Fury. You realize I've only been in the guild for like a year and a half. So I tried to pick questions that like you've been around for. Or like questions you, okay. like you've been present for. Like I kind of I made up I made up all these questions. I'm like, has Top Sail been around for this? And like a few of these are like conversations you were a part of. And like I made sure mm. you were like this isn't like a year before Top Sail joined. There was an event. Um, no, so these will be questions about the South Fury. So are you are you ready for these questions? Um, you know, definitely a different take on the Lore Master feat of the strength. Um, I try to make them about WoW lore, but I guess our our uh, fan fiction can suffice in this case. Sure. So yeah, go All ahead. Right. Let's, so, let's have it. Um, the first two are actually kind of more about like the game, or sort of like the mechanics of the guild. So the first question is, please name eight current or former Watchmasters of the South Fury Watch. So you need to name eight of them. Eight former or yeah. current. Okay, so we have Cass, Kuz, Sid, Valkosk, Zeka, yep. that's five. Ruakari, Furt, and um Just eight one. Roka. Yep, so that's eight. So you got that eight. Um additionally there was Ranya. Oh yeah, Ranya, okay. I was hoping to slightly catch you and say Greya was a watchmaster, because I did confirm earlier today that Greya was never a watchmaster. Right. All right. So you got the first question. That was like your, that was like your my softball. soft toss. Yeah. So this is another question. I think you should be able to get, if only by logic. Okay. So on the South Fury Watch roster, every class, with the exception of Demon Hunter, is represented. We don't take Blood Elves, so we can't have Demon Hunters. But every other class is in the Watch. Okay. Other than the previously mentioned Demon Hunter, which class is the least represented in the South Fury Watch? This is not a multiple choice question. I'll give you a hint and say Hunter is the most. Like, Hunter has the most. Um, Think it through. Shit. Uh, <laughs> Warlock. Okay, so I'm, I'm just going to run down the list for the sake of drama. Okay. So there are 17 hunters, 14 shaman, 11 warriors, 5 rogues, 5 druids, 4 paladins, 3 monks, 3 priests, Three Death Knights, three Warlocks, and one Lonely Mage. So Fuck unfortunately, her. you did not get that question. Sorry. Damn. Sorry. That's tough, because after I said Warlock, I was like, I should have said Mage. Oh, I should have given you a chance to... Ah, uh, that's too bad. 
And you know, I, I then, well, in the same thought, I was like, why didn't I say paladin? Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we have four paladins. Who knew? <laughs> like, how, how do we have four paladins already? No idea. Like seventeen hunters, obviously, everyone has a hunter. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So. Continuing on that, we'll we'll continue on. We'll do the other three questions. Okay. Um, Thagril is the only mage in the South Three Watch. Yeah. And Thagril is an alt character played by one of our officers, the aforementioned Cass Keelhall. Yep. Thagril is a younger orc who I yep. believe is still Cass's apprentice in whatever Cass does. She, like Cass is the watchmaster of clipboards or something. And paperwork. The question is, what orcish clan is Thagril from? And you were in a conversation once about this, so you should know this. This is multi-choice, right? This is multiple choice. So the potential answers are A, Blackrock, B, Shadowmoon, C, Warsong, or D, Dragonmaw. Yeah, so the answer is, of course, uh, a black rock. Is that your final answer? Yes. Unfortunately, it's Dragon Ma, right? Thagril is a Shadow Moon orc. Oh, gosh, the Shadow Moon. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Sorry, Cass. It's all right. I don't pay attention to the clans that much. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so this is one, this is like founding. South Three Watch lore. So the South Three Watch got its name both from the river we are sworn to protect, but also, as Valkosk constantly insists, is from a skirmish that occurred in the shallows of the river between members, from those in the former Hammer of Kalimdor, who supported the Darkspear rebels against those in the Hammer of Kalimdor who supported the Hellspring loyalists. And then the survivors of the battle formed the South Three Watch. Who of the following was a member of or supported the Darkspear Rebellion? Is it A, Ruakari, B, Valkosk, C, Furt, or D, Greya? Yeah, so um, Greya, I don't think, was around at that time. And for those listening, listening to the Valkosk episode, uh, you'll know that Valkosk actually called a stop to the fighting because he knew that the front gate of Orgamar um, had been breached and he was fighting along with Furt, I believe, along the side of the Hellscream loyalists. Oh, what good callback to a previous episode that people know, listen it, to. Yeah, it was, it was just a couple days ago, so it's crazy <laughs> that I remember. Um, yeah, so the answer is, of course, Ruokari. Yes, that is the correct answer. Ruokari did support the good guys. And Furt and Valkosk are war criminals. Yeah, they're they're villains. All right. Uh, so that's two out of four. So we're hoping you can finish this uh, with a positive percentage. Okay. So this is your fifth question. So this is supposed to be the hardest. So there is a mountain near the border of the northern and southern barons. It, overlock, sorry, it overlooks Northwatch Hold and has been the site of several important moments, or se- recent moments, in the history of the South Fury Watch. Kuzesa's trial was taken... T- sorry, Kuzesa's trial took place there. Uh, the Makara between Vrog and Va- Vazrak took place there. Several spiritual um, events have taken there. 
taking place there. A lot of events have taken place there. Um, it's the mountain which has Jarek High Mountain on it. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Okay. Um, other than Farwatch Post and Crossroads, it's maybe like the one specific location of the Barons which actually does have some, you know, cachet with the guild and kind of with the watch. Your question mm-hmm. is, which considering you don't know what it is, may be slightly more difficult. What is the technical in-game name for this area? Is it A, the Stagnant Oasis, which I'm going to give you a hint, is the oasis beside it. B, the Merchant Coast. C, the Great Divide, which is like the weird crater thing between the North and South Barrens. Or D, it is simply called Northern Barrens. So, let me get this straight. You want me to know this random mountain on the map that isn't even important enough to have its own name and know what the map says when I am there at that moment. I'm saying, yes, that is the question. <laughs> welcome to your own welcome to your own game. What are the options again? Stagnant Oasis. Merchant Coast, Great Divide, or Northern Barrens? Um, Merchant Coast. I'm sorry, but the correct answer is when you go there, it has no name, and it simply says it is the Northern Barrens. So you didn't get that one. I'm sorry. Wow. I'm devastated. That's fine. You'll live. Uh, so that's all the questions that I have. Uh, you didn't quite get to the, the Mythic Plus questions. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is hard. <laughs> well, I mean, didn't you come up with uh, some Mythic Plus questions for me? Do you want to run through the Mythic Plus questions? Yeah, let's they, do that. They are, they are significantly more difficult. Are they are they actual WoW lore or are they still South Fury Watch lore? They're still pretty South Fury Watch lore esque. Oh. I mean, you you take the the guild name and put it on the podcast. We're gonna we're gonna ask you questions about it. No, that's fair enough. Um, I mean, I'm not gonna reuse the questions. So yeah, go ahead. Let's let's run through them. Okay, so you're you're plus one, your keystone. Yeah. Uh, you like goblins? Mm-hmm. Play a goblin. Mm-hmm. How many goblins are there on the South Fury Watch's roster? Are you I'm fucking gonna, kidding me? I'm going to give you a hint, and Cass Keelhaul counts as one. Because <laughs> Cass has two characters. You're allowed to be off by one. So if you say, like, 49 and the answer is 50, that counts. I'm willing to tell you there's not 49 goblins. And this one's not multiple choice? This is not... This is this is Mythic Plus, so this is, this is the hard... This is the hard shit. This is the hard mode. Um, yeah. Okay, so we've got myself... We've got Tech. We've got Cass. Um, does Danto still have his goblin in the guild? I think he does, right? I'm not allowed to give you help. Oh, okay. Damn. I'm supposed um, to be the, the aerial drone shooting at you as you try to do normal boss fights. Yeah, sure. So there's eight goblins in the guild. Is that your final answer? Oh, yeah. Eight is the exact right answer. See? Look who you're up against. <laughs> There's like characters I don't think you've ever interacted with who are on that. Well, I mean, I know that Cass has had 
a couple like friends join and then we just got Cassiopeia or whatever her name is. Um, Calliope. Cal- Calliope? Yeah, 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 Calliope. Sure. Um, so I don't know. Uh, and obviously they can't be that many. I mean, the South Korea watch only has like 60 people in it to begin with. Sure. So, all right. So your keystone plus two, uh, I waited until the mythic plus questions to ask about things around my own character. I feel, I felt that was fair. Okay. So what is the name of the farm owned by Zekeresh Iron Eye, which she inherited from her father? This is a multiple choice question. Okay. So your options are A, Yardrock Farm, B, Coldown Farm, C, Groldom Farm, or D, Margrock Farm. I said four unintelligible series of syllables. Please tell me which yeah. is the right one. Right, it's it's answer C. Which one? Grol, whatever. Grol, 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 Drum. Grol Drum. Yeah, Grol Drum. That is incorrect. That is actually oh. the name of a farm in the Barrens. Oh, okay. Maybe that's why it sounded familiar. Yeah. Uh, the correct answer was Yardrock. Yardrock, of course. <laughs> that's what I meant to well, say. Of course. <laughs> Everyone knows that. All right. I got that one right. So right? Keystone plus three. Um, so the South Fury Watch is tasked with defending the crossroads. However, we need to eat and sleep and go off on our duties and patrols from time to time. So mm-hmm. we often leave the task of defending the crossroads to the Horde Guards. There are NPCs named Horde Guard, which are posted on the perimeter of the valuable settlement of the crossroads. Your question is, same, same as with the Goblin question, within one, how many horde guards guard the crossroads? Eleven. So the answer was twelve, so I am going to give that to you. You think I don't know the answers to these questions? I'm just messing with you. Well, you, you think that you're well, you're quizzing the quiz master. Well, you missed three out of five of the actual Shh. ones. <laughs> All right. So, nobody, nobody needs to know. So <laughs> I'm editing those out. <laughs> <laughs> just see a part where I just jump into this next question. And then you get like a, you get Magora on to it, like, like sound like me, and just like, oh, you got all of them, unbelievable, <laughs> inconceivable. All right, wow. So your Keystone, you can... sorry, uh, your Keystone plus four. So one of the most prevalent threats to the Barrens and its inhabitants is actually one of the indigenous species to the region, as well as a recurring antagonist to the Watch, the Quillbore. Mm. Any good Watcher should be able to. Please name me three different Quillbore tribes. I'm going to give you, uh, according to Wowpedia, which I had to look it up, there is one, two, three, four, five, six Quillbore tribes in the game. So name me okay. three of them. If, well, if you think it through, two of them should be easy. Right. I mean, you've got... I, okay, yeah, right. So you've got the Razor Fen. Sure, that's because, one. Because, yeah, those are the ones down Razorfang Crawl. You know, you got the dungeon. Of course. Um, then you've got the Razor Main. Yeah, that, I think. that's two. Right. And in the Barrens, you said? No, just anywhere. Just the billboard. Oh. One of these is from Stormsong, and I think one of these is from, like, Thousand Needles, and one of them is in Feralis. They're kind of just all over the place. Storm song. Oh, God. Um, 
I am trying to think here. So three of them have like very similar names that I think I actually put the same name twice and I need to go fix that. And there's one in, in Stormsong Valley too. I think there, there's like, I think four or five of them are in. Calvary, yeah, but I think I remember the one in Stormsong. Storm it's like Briar something. Um, Briar Back, maybe? Briar Back? Yeah, Briar Back. That's oh. it. Oh. There's also Bristleback. Bristleback. Bristle Mane and Death's Hand. <laughs> because... oh. <laughs> Which one of these is not like the others? Oh, well, right, because those are the ones who are really close to the Lich in Razorfang Crawl, I think. Right? Sure, sure. Let's say okay. that. <laughs> All right, so your last Keystone question. Uh, this being the last Mythic Plus question, there's actually like five mini questions within it. So, are you ready for this? No, but... Let's go ahead. According to Total Total Roleplay, the add-on, which I went and checked the database previous to this recording. So there's five of these questions. You have to get all five to get this last question. What is Top Sales class according to TRP? Marksman. What is Top Sales height listed as? Um probably average. Are you in the game right now? <laughs> no. Okay. No. <laughs> okay, so yeah, average. What is Top Sail's body shape? Uh, I'm pretty sure I also put, like, athletic for that, or slim. So you put light. Light. Okay, well, I'm not exactly on the dot there, but... Okay, so according to his currently IC, like you put the little thing that shows up. Yeah, looking gruff. Yeah, okay. I was about, how is he looking? The answer was gruff. It's, um, and, it has uh, been looking gruff for years. Okay, so that, um, and according to his like appearance hmm. tab, what is present on his waist? A uh, number of pouches and also like uh, a dagger. It's a sheath. It's a sheath knife, but I'll give that to you. You know your own yeah. character. You don't know how his body shape is, but you know him. Well, athletic, slim, light, whatever. All right, so you didn't quite get the feat of strength, but you actually did kind of make up for it in the uh, Mythic Plus question. So I'll give you that. I mean, to be fair, Vaz, you don't even know which roleplay add-on I use. Uh. I do not use TRP. What do you use? That you don't know is pretty telling. Is it MRP? Yeah, it's MRP. I used I used to use MRP. I was I was a purist for a while. Well, I really liked XRP, but then I think the the maker of that bore. I don't think he plays too much anymore, which is really too bad because that is obviously, in my opinion, not making any statements aside from my own, um, is the superior roleplay add-on is XRP. Okay, but alas. All right, so that's all the questions I have for you. So. Wow. I'm done here, so goodbye. <laughs> well, uh, you know, Vazrock, that was uh, very enjoyable. I'm glad that you came on to interview me on my own podcast. <laughs> um, and <laughs> that's, a, I, that's a bit of vanity for you. Well, you know, and it was actually very enjoyable. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that someone is interested enough in me. Um, and I hope that everybody listening at home found this episode to be interesting too. 
you know, I'm sure some of you know me by name or don't know me at all. And now is your opportunity to learn more about me and my wealth of knowledge about the South Fury watch. Um, <laughs> obviously just won the, the game. Sure. Sorry. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, fast. Great having you on again, obviously. Um, yeah. Thanks for coming on and everybody listening at home. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And I hope that you will tune in again with us next time for the next episode of the South Fury Watch Podcast.